everybody. Welcome to another interview episode of Games My Mom Found. I am Mike Hubbard, and who is the special guest with me tonight? Uh, this is Nick Martino. And welcome, man. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> so we know each other from the Facebook group Overblood. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and where might people know you from? Um, well, you know, obviously, uh, you know, if you're part of the Facebook group, you've seen me there. Um, I'm also a uh, professional MMA fighter. So um, there are some people that may have heard of me. Um, I've been around the regional circuit in the kind of the southeast area um i've been fighting since a oh, good lord 2011 i believe so i've uh, been around the block a little bit okay so. <laughs> that's gotta be a hell of a thing to do which i will be asking you more about shortly <laughs> but um the first question i wanted to ask you is what is your favorite game or genre of games oh man um it's funny because we were uh, i see i saw a post in the overblood group about this the other day about just all right don't think about it just react what is your favorite game and uh i, I like a little bit of everything i think I really go for a lot of like uh, like fantasy RPGs. I'm really into like Skyrim and Dragon Age. I got into oh man, Greedfall. I enjoyed. Um, I've never played Greedfall yet. It wasn't amazing, but it 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 floats my boat. So I was able to overlook some of the uh, some of the negative aspects of it um, and and have a somewhat enjoyable experience. The the writing is pretty good through most of it. The ending was a little bit much, but, but yeah, I think that's kind of what I primarily gravitate to. I've really got, gotten into some sim racing over the past year or so. Um, I enjoy playing some different sports games and stuff like that, but, uh, but I, I play a little bit of everything, honestly. Um, you play UFC so yeah. games. <laughs> uh, actually, I believe it or not. I do not. Um, <laughs> no, I, I believe it. <laughs> I can't, it's one of those things. I don't watch a lot of MMA in my spare time. I don't play UFC games and everyone's always coming into the gym and like, oh man, have you played the new UFC four or whatever. I'm like, I don't, I do it for real. And it's kind of like somebody like if you clean houses for a living, you're, you don't really want to go home and clean your own house. Um, oh, it's like sense. taking your work home with you. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm not uh, I don't even unless there's somebody fighting on a UFC card that I know, that, you know, personally, I don't really watch a whole bunch of MMA in my spare time. Okay. I have personally never really watched MMA except for a couple of random times at Buffalo Wild Wings or something when it happened yeah. to be on. Yeah. Not my thing. I give you guys hell of credit for what you do, but never been my thing. Same with boxing. I'm just not into yeah. fighting. Yeah, no, that's perfectly fair. <laughs> I've seen like some stuff. Like I watch a lot of documentaries. Like I watch a, a documentary about Ronda Rousey, I think at one point, and just like the hell with the people that you guys go through is just, <laughs> I give you guys props. Same with boxers. Like, but man, it, it ain't for me. <laughs> but, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Absolutely. <laughs> I've, I've seen some of the fights before and just some of the brutalness of some like the, you know, the championship rounds that people do and just like, Mm, like I just, I, yeah, <laughs> not my thing. <laughs> but what I, I do want to ask you: what was your what was your day job before getting to MMA, MMA, or do you still do it, or is that your job now? Is just training and fighting. So originally, I, I worked a little bit of construction. My dad was a general contractor, and it, and it kind of worked out where I would, you know, I would work construction with him throughout the day, and uh, that gave me the opportunity to tra- to put all my time into training in the evenings. Oh, nice. um, I had. I owned a gym for a short time in 2008. I was an idiot and opened up like right when the recession well, started. Not, not an idiot. You just, you didn't. I mean, <laughs> there's no way you could have known unless you were. No, uh, no. Um, Maybe they knew. Yeah. <laughs> That's all but uh, I opened up a gym in, in 08 and um, it really was just kind of help pay for college. I was still doing some construction and, and uh, the gym kind of took off a little bit. And then uh, eventually I closed the doors and, and went into focusing on MMA full time. Um, and then just three years ago, I opened up, another gym um and this is this is this is it now i'm actually at the gym right now and uh so i we do everything here we got kids karate classes we've got adult mma we got jujitsu right now there's a bunch of yelling and screaming going on outside because one of my fighters is preparing for his debut for MMA so this or? is he's actually doing a kickboxing match 
he wants to do MMA eventually, but we're starting him off with some kickboxing. But uh, yeah, pretty much it's just, you know, coaching and and training for my fights. Owning a gym is a lot of work, so I don't fight nearly as often as I used to. I would fight four or five times a year before. And now I'm lucky if I fight once a year. But um, you went on to a different part of it. Sounds like. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So um, for those that don't know, what is MMA fighting or mixed martial arts, what it stands for? But what would that be kind of like? Man, it's it's everything. It's it really, truly is mixed martial arts. So you you get into a cage with your opponent and. The, the thing that's crazy about it is you got to think of all of the different sports that are combined into it. So boxing, for example, is its own sport with, I mean, up to an Olympic level. Re- uh, wrestling is its own sport up to an Olympic level. Judo is its own sport up to an Olympic level. I didn't know Judo Yeah, yeah, Judo. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, judo, uh, I think Ronda Rousey was, I believe, a bronze medalist in the Olympics. And then there's, a, there's one woman who's dominating the MMA scene right now. She's not in the UFC yet, but she was a gold medalist in the Olympics in judo uh, named Kayla Harrison. And uh, she's destroying everybody in the, in the PFL, a uh, different MMA promotion. But uh, you just, you have all of these different styles of martial arts and, and you have to be, you don't have to be amazing. You don't have to be an Olympic level boxer, but you have to be good at everything. If you, let's say, you know, you can, you, you might have an uh, Olympic level boxer that goes into, and, you know, it maybe could knock me out with one punch, but if I take him down, I'm going to put him in a choke and, and fight's going to be over. So you got to be really well-rounded. It's very demanding. Okay. I've, I've seen, I've seen some stuff. Like I watched a uh, documentary on God, the Irish guy, Connor. Yeah. Connor McGregor. Yeah. Cause he was an M- MMA fighter. Correct. If I remember correctly. Yes. Okay. Yes. He was hell of and that's the, I mean, I can't watch actual fights, but I can watch documentaries about fights. I remember watching that and just seeing like the brutalness that he went through. Like he was a hell of a fighter, though. I know. Didn't oh, he yeah. do a boxing match at one point, like an exhibition, just to see if he could it, do it? He did. It was. Um, I think I don't remember if it was just an exhibition or if they actually counted it towards his like a pro boxing record. But he fought Floyd Mayweather, and Floyd's considered one of the. I mean, arguably one of the greatest of all time. You know, people kind of put him up there with Muhammad Ali and such. And uh, Connor went in and. I mean, he went, I, I can't remember if it was like seven or eight or nine rounds with him. I mean, it, it, it was stopped, I think, like two rounds short of the end of the fight. And uh, I mean, it, Connor held his own. You, you, you see a lot of these MMA fighters trying to get into boxing now. You see your guys fight Jake Paul and uh, they, <laughs> you know, they can't do it. And, and but Connor was able to step in there. You know, Connor's a little bit of a, he's a little bit nuts. Um, his personality yeah. is a little bit crazy. <laughs> and everything. But uh you would agree with that, I'm pretty sure. Oh, yeah, 100%. I think when it comes to MMA, it's kind of like if you want to make money in the sport, you, you've got to put on, you got to have a persona, kind of like professional wrestling. And Connor understood that. And, but I think the downside was, I think he started to, he bought the character almost. It's almost like he, he got, he, he, like a method actor who goes too deep. What do you mean? And so I think some guys can separate it well, some guys can't. Um, and then some guys, I, I never really played that game. I was just, I came from karate and Taekwondo when I was a kid. So I was, everything was about like respect. I don't fight because I enjoy fighting. I don't really like fighting. If I'm completely honest with you, like the actual, <laughs> if I train 365 days a year and I fight twice, I hate those two days. <laughs> like the two fight days I can't stand, but I, like, I just, I enjoy challenging myself. I enjoy the training. I enjoy trying to face my inner demons, you know, like it, it's terrifying getting in that cage. I've done 22 fights and every single time is just as bad the 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 nerves never go away i mean it's gotta uh, be a thrill though being in that arena like you feel more alive in that in when you're in the cage than you do any other but it's like when you go see a horror movie and like you'd have that jump scare and you're like i hated that but i feel so alive at this moment (laughs) you know it's it's kind of the same thing and um but except you have to do it for 15 solid it's like it's like a 15 minute jump scare that doesn't stop (laughs) i know 15 minutes doesn't seem like a long time but I'm, I've been in a, I've never been in a fight. Actually, I've never fought in my life really. 
<laughs> I've stayed away from it. <laughs> I mean, just personally, just with, you know, random encounters in life. I never really oh, I yeah. never fought yeah. anybody. My first experience of getting punched in the gut, and that was the end of that. <laughs> sucker punch and then I went down that was the end of anything happening but that was elementary school but I mean just like the whole like I can't imagine like how long that 15 minutes must feel when you're in this in this cage fighting someone that's you know there to kick your ass <laughs> you know? that, yeah and that's the thing is that you know it's not you know it, it's it, you're fighting somebody at the amateur level you might get some guy who doesn't really know what he's doing but once you go pro I mean everyone's training just as hard as you the, the playing field's pretty equal and you know they put just as amount of, uh, just as hard of work into the training camp as you have so yeah, 15 minutes feels like an eternity. And then if you do, if you fight for a title, then it's 25 minutes. Oh. Um, yeah. So it's, it's three, five minute rounds for regular professional fights and it's five, five minute rounds for title fights. So, um, and that's obviously when you're trying to train for essentially a half an hour of combat, it sucks. And then you add things like a lot of people don't realize the kind of weight that we cut for the fights. You know, I walk around at about 210 pounds. Okay. Um, but I fight at 170 pounds. Oh, you get to drop a lot of weight then. Yeah. And then majority of that weight is dropped the day before weigh-in. So if we fight Saturday, we weigh in Friday night. And so the most I've cut in 24 hours, and I don't cut a lot of weight compared to some of these guys. Um, I've cut 15 pounds in 24 hours. That's the most, that's the biggest cut I've done in a 24 hour period. That seems like Um, a lot. It's, it's exhausting. There's a, there's a method to it. Like it's not just, you're not losing, it's not like you're dieting and losing it like fat. You're obviously in a hardcore training camp and you're eating really, really well, which sucks because I love food so much. I, 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 I have the problem. Yeah. I, I let myself go after my fights. Like, uh, it's like, oh, oh, okay. My fight's over. I'm going to have a cheat day, which turns into like a cheat week, which turns into a cheat month. And then suddenly I look in the mirror and go, oh, I need a training camp just to prepare for my next training camp. But but yeah, we, so you're in, you're, you're in good shape as the fight camp goes on. And then like about a week or two before the fight, you, uh, you really go into a pretty deep calorie deficit and you start drinking a ton of water, about two and a half gallons per day. And then, uh, yeah, so you're water loading, you stop eating any salt cause salt holds water in the body. And then the day before you weigh in, you get into a sauna or you do an Epsom salt bath and you just get, you basically, you get it, you get really hot, you know, you get, you warm the body up. And you sweat and you sweat and you sweat. So you'll sweat out, you know, I, I usually sweat out about eight pounds in the first hour. Yeah. And I have so many people <laughs> I've had, you know, I teach kids classes and I'll have like the soccer moms come in. They'll be like, oh, you got to teach me how to do that. I'm like, this is not healthy. Do not do this. This is not, <laughs> this is not sustainable. No, what people not. Don't, no, what people don't realize is that we weigh in on Friday night. So I'll step on the scale and the commission will put a little blue check mark next to my name. All right, cool. Boom. He's made weight. And then I immediately go and I start rehydrating. And so I don't actually get in the cage at 170 pounds. I'm in the, I get in the cage at about 191 pounds. So you, you rehydrate and you actually get much bigger. They don't weigh you in again after weigh-ins. So you have 24 hours to put as much weight back on as you can. And that's why I don't fight it like, but that's why if you can make the right bout, right. Or yes. Okay. You got to determine what weight class you want to fight at. Like, I walk around at 210 pounds, so I could theoretically fight at 205. But the guys who are fighting at 205, they're cutting down from like 250. Yeah. <laughs> um, and by the time they get into the cage, they're not actually 205. They're, you know, 200 and, you know, 15, 220 pounds. You know, I think a good example, I, I took one fight at 185 pounds. I fought a dude named Brian Battle. And he actually just won, if there's any MMA fans listening, he won uh, this most recent season of The Ultimate Fighter. So he just signed a contract with the UFC. I fought him back in 2019 and I really just needed the money. So I had, I had opened up my gym. I needed to pay rent. 
Yeah. And uh, so I thought I'll just take a quick fight. And he was a 185er. And again, I fought, I fight at 170. So it was great for me. I really didn't have to do much of a weight cut. He had a, he was a big boy and uh, he did a pretty big <laughs> weight cut. And, uh, you know, I kicked him two or three times and uh, he hit me uh, through one punch, hit me right in the eye and it fractured my orbital bone. Just the first punch he threw. <sighs> and then um, I was very lucky because he, you know, he took me, he went for the takedown because I was kind of momentarily blinded. I couldn't see anything out of my left eye. And he took me down and I was able to snatch an arm bar up and I was able to get the finish about 40 seconds into the fight. And uh, I was able to get the win. But still, it's like, you know, when you try to fight up a weight class, those dudes hit real hard. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because the thing about MMA, I mean, I know you guys have gloves on, but it's not like boxing gloves or anything. I mean, you're still I feel like you still feel it. I'm assuming pretty good. Yeah, it, you, you do. You know, there the, the gloves, you know, boxing gloves are usually between, you know, obviously like a, a training glove might be 16 ounces, uh, you know, competition glove might be anywhere between seven to 12. For MMA, we wear a four ounce glove. It's not really meant to protect your opponent. It's meant to protect your hand. That's about it. Okay. Now, the, the benefit is there's all kinds of science behind it. There's there's more brain injuries in boxing. And as, as opposed to MMA in boxing, when you're getting hit with that big pillow, it's kind of sending a shockwave and the brain kind of rattles around a bit more. Okay. Uh, whereas with the MMA glove, all of the all of the impact is a little bit more focused. So you have a lot more cuts in MMA, but you have less like actual like CTE. There's of course, you're still getting brain damage. Yeah, in CTE, but that's better because you yes. can recover from cuts. You're not going to recover exactly. from your brain rattling. Exactly. Yeah. I'd, I'd yeah, much yeah. rather have some superficial wounds on my face as opposed to, you know, permanent brain damage or something like that. So, but, uh, but, you know, some of the images of fighters, and I think I even seen some images of you on Google. I uh, give, you guys, give you guys full credit for what you do. <laughs> yeah. I've got some, I've got some, uh, I got some scars. Uh, luckily my wife is like, Oh, they're kind of cool. So that's, that's great. You know, she digs them. So that's <laughs> fine. But, uh, but yeah, I've got, I got some, I got some nasty ones. <laughs> yeah, I mean, come with the territory. Oh, sure. You, you had mentioned that you did Taekwondo. I were you, you weren't by any chance part of ATA Taekwondo were you as a kid? I was not in ATA. I was in the okay. ATF. So, but it's funny because uh, the ATF, uh, they originally were ATA. <laughs> and there was a dispute like in the 90s between one of the grandmasters and he left and he started his own thing. So we, we had like an indirect uh, connection to the ATA. I was part of ATA when I was in middle school and early high school before I just, I got out of it, but I remember that's why I'm asking that question. <laughs> oh yeah. No, I know the ATA. They're one of the larger ones. You know, they're, they're like, I think the, I think they changed the name, but originally there was the WTF. Uh, and obviously they, they changed the name of that one for obvious reasons because <laughs> they're the ones that did the Olympic Taekwondo. And then right below them was the ATA and they were huge. I think they're, I think they're North America's largest Taekwondo like system. And I mean, then again, the for a- kids. I mean, oh, it was absolutely. good for kids and good for like um, adults. I mean, I've always been a big fan of martial I don't have anything to do with martial arts, but I've always been a, like when I was a kid, I was a big fan of it. Like, I think it's a wonderful thing for people to learn. Yeah. Just, to, you know, for the exercise, you know, and for the skill and just to have that knowledge. I mean, it, and connect with yourself too. Like, I mean, I think I, I feel like, again, I'm not a martial artist in any shape or form, but I've always felt like it helps you connect more with yourself too. It does. I mean, you know, the reason that I started it, you know, it, my dad wanted to do something with me. Like I was, I was homeschooled when I was a kid. And so obviously they wanted to get me in different, different social situations. You know, I, they, they didn't want me just, you know, being one of those reclusive kids or anything like that. So <laughs> they thought martial arts would be good, help me build my confidence. My dad had done it when he was a kid. And so I started when I was about 13 and uh, it became kind of a father son bonding thing, but it really yeah. grew my confidence a lot. You know, I was kind of shy and awkward as a teenager. I, I had zero coordination. I couldn't walk upstairs without falling down. And uh, within just, you know, a, a six months of martial arts, I was, you know, throwing kicks and just I just I fell in love with it immediately. I started with karate 
and uh, got a fifth degree black belt in karate and then moved over to Taekwondo, got a second degree black belt in Taekwondo then nice. started branching that's, into the that's impressive. Yeah, it, it mean, was just I just I couldn't get enough of it and, you know, got into jujitsu, Brazilian jujitsu and wrestling. And then, you know, eventually mixed all of it together. And it just seems, you know, might as well just do the whole MMA thing. So. Well, well, MMA being lots of different arts you have to learn. Um, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, that's not what Eddie does in Tekken by any chance, is it? That's something else, right? Onkata, I'm thinking of. Yeah, I think uh, I think he's just uh, capoeira. Okay, yeah, um, that's Sorry, it's been a while since yeah. I... <laughs> no, and you, but you are cra- it is a um, it is a Brazilian art. It I was it's Brazilian. That's what got my attention. I just couldn't remember a lot about it because it's been a while since I played Tekken. But I just me- like one thing I you know I, when I was younger, I remember I loving the Tekken games because they tried to somewhat be realistic. <laughs> yes, yeah. I think a well and beyond, but you know some of it was real. Yeah, no, I mean like we compared to like Mortal Kombat. Yeah, they yes. definitely. They, they, that was kind of cool is that they took individual styles of martial arts. Like you had a Taekwondo character, you had a karate character, you had like a Wing Chun character. And they all had these kind of unique styles. Yeah, you had some stuff that was like, I felt like real martial arts. I mean, you had the power kicks and the turn into a monster, you know, demon or something. But, you know, that, that's a fighting game. But it was, I, right. I remember as a kid, I loved seeing that. I loved seeing, you know, somewhat realistic arts in a game. Yeah, no, I agree. It's always cool to see that. And, you know, because I'll, I'll sit there, I'll see, because uh, I don't. Like I said, I don't do a lot of fighting games and stuff anymore just because it, it's kind of my career. So when yeah. I go home, I want to do something sense. different. But sometimes my wife and I will sit down because she loved Tekken when she was younger. So we'll sit there and play Tekken. She whoops me at it. It's not even close. You know, she's over there like, you know, oh, you call yourself an MMA fighter. and You can't even play Tekken. <laughs> like, listen. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I just love like I'll just keep switching characters every round just because I love looking at the different styles. It's I just again, I'm. I, for me, it was less about like the bravado of like, dude, I'm a fighter. I just, I just enjoy martial arts. I just, for me, it was just a, you know, just, I don't, even, I don't want to sound cliche, but it was just a journey. And it started off even, you know, my dad and I started doing it together and uh, he ended up cornering. He, I have had 22 career fights. He's, he's been in my corner for every single fight. And so, you know, we traveled all these different venues and, you know, stay in the same hotel room. We just bonded a lot during these experiences. We butted heads a lot too. Um, <laughs> you know, when your dad's kind of also your coach, you yeah, know, things, you know, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it was what just fun. It was a fun journey for your first fight. Um, let's see. It was 2011. I think I was 20, I believe 20 or 21. I started kind of late in MMA. A lot of these guys are starting to like 17, you know, 18 years old. And I think I was 20 or 21 when I did my first amateur fight. I, I watched a lot of kickboxing. I didn't really know much about truly MMA. Like I didn't watch any UFC at that time because they were all pay-per-views and I didn't want to spend the money. Yeah, it didn't I didn't even know normal to late. Oh, God, I forget what years when you started seeing them all on TV, but it would have been later than that. Yeah, it was I think it was like 2010 or something that they signed with Fox and then they started doing some of the free fights. And so like when I contacted the promoter, I I had opened my gym in 2008 and my dad's like, listen, you're really well-rounded. You should probably, and MMA is super popular. You might as well just do one. That way, if you have somebody who comes in to train MMA, you could say, I've done it. I know what, <laughs> I know what, you know, to help, how to help you in there. And uh, so when I contacted a promoter, like, he's like, what way do you want to fight at? And uh, I was like, I don't know. I said, and I'm, I'm walking around at 165. Can I just fight at 165? And he's like, no, there's no, there's no such thing as a 165 pound division. You can do 170 or you can do 155. And I, I, I didn't know anything about the weight cutting. I'm like, oh, I can't get down to 155. There's no way. I'll just do 170 and uh, showed up, didn't cut any weight, had the flu, which I didn't realize. I just thought I just thought I was like, you know, anxious or whatever. But yeah. my eyes were all glassy and I felt terrible all day. And then after weigh ins, I looked at my I found my opponent. I'm like, he looks completely different. Why is he three times the size that he was at weigh ins? <laughs> this isn't fair. And we went he, we beat the crap out of each other. Like, I mean, it went, it went all three rounds. We won fight of the night. 
but I could not walk. Like they had to carry me out of the cage. Um, it went the distance. It went. So it was, I lost by a split decision and, uh, they carried me out of the cage and I'm laying in the back and I threw up and the doctors are, Oh man, he's got a concussion. But no, I didn't. It was a lot of grappling. I didn't really get hit. I said, I know my name. I know where I am. I know my social security number and I never know that. So I'm fine. So they took me to the hospital, spent nine hours in the ER and they wouldn't let me have anything to drink because they wanted to do like a CT scan. And uh, after nine hours, they did a bunch of tests and the doctor came back and he goes, I'm so sorry. We should have given you water as soon as you walk through the door. You don't have, you don't have a concussion. You have a, you have the flu and you're super dehydrated because you just fought for 10 minutes with the flu. So that was, I almost never fought again after that. I was like, this sucks. I don't ever want to do this again. But no, I don't uh, blame you. I don't blame you one bit. But, but I was ultra competitive and I was like, I can't, I can't finish my career. Like, Oh, and one, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta do one more. And, uh, then one turned into two, which turned into three, which turned into 22. So. Cause I remember you on the Facebook group at, I think early on when you started, cause one thing I'm, that you did that amused, I'm pretty sure amused a lot of us is in your middle name for your fighter name is overblood, which is a reference to yes. our Facebook group <laughs> and a yes. really bad PlayStation one survival horror game. <laughs> yes. No, it's like fighters all have different nicknames and they're all super generic, you know, okay. like danger or bulldog or, you know, something like that. And <laughs> a lot of times the names given, you know, over time, you know, training and you kind of just get a nickname and, you know, yeah. it just kind of sticks. And I just, I had been training for, you know, 10 years and I, I never had a nickname. And uh, for marketing purposes, when I went, was getting ready to go pro, I kind of wanted something. And, uh, there was one guy who called me kick and Nick, but it sounded kind of like a KFC side dish. And I just, I was like, that's not, <laughs> you know, it kind of does. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so I'm like, I can't go with that. So I went to the overblood group and I kind of, you know, I was sitting there with my wife and I'm going to ask a really, I'm going to regret this, but I'm going to basically tell them, all right, <laughs> what's my fight name? You guys pick it. And I mean, there were so many awesome answers in there. Uh, Cause I remember, remember it was one of dan reichert's it was like the, the the kentucky pepper box or something like that i forget what it was somebody had come up with that there was a couple i think blue stinger references not- people were throwing out everything you i mean you it was crazy and then uh but there was quite a few people that were like you should do overblood and uh i was like actually it kind of i feel like i could do a lot with that like i feel like it's it's I don't like the super generic stuff. I like something that's got a cool story behind it. Yeah. And Overblood for me per, had a real personal story behind it. You know, seeing the Let's Play and being involved with this group. And then I was like, for like T-shirts and stuff, there's so much you can do with it. Like it's kind of the possibilities are kind of endless. So yeah, I just decided to go with it, and it just stuck. So okay. <laughs> I mean, I I think, I don't remember when you made the post. I just remember at some point seeing you that you said your name was Overblood. I I vaguely do remember that a long time ago. Yeah, I think it was like, again, I I had made the initial post. Yeah, it was a while ago. I had made the initial post about just like, all right, you guys pick. And then I think it was like a week later. I said, all right, well, I looked through all the comments. I mean, there was something like 200 comments or something. Total blood for you. Um, yeah. And uh, I was like, I, honestly, there was out of those 200, there's probably like 40 of them uh, were like, oh, you should just go with overblood. So I was like, you know what? It seems to be the general consensus. So I ended up going with it. I thought, you know, I, and again, I, I went back and forth. I think some people had like even some tales of the sun references in there, <laughs> um, which would have been kind of cool. You know, I think of course, of course people are, you should be wienerless Steve. Uh, yeah, you don't wienerless do Nick. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, well, I don't know. I don't want to, well I don't know if I want to go that route. <laughs> I don't know if you give my opponent that kind of ammunition, but, <laughs> but yeah. sound, I mean, it sounds like it could be something to do with more fighting than just a, a crappy PS one horror game. 
Yeah, and that's it's the thing. It kind of it kind of fit, you know. And it, honestly, yeah, it really is. I mean, but you know, over the years, I would do, you know, when I started to go pro and had a couple of big fights against some, you know, pretty potential UFC prospects and stuff like that. I'd do these interviews and you know, different podcasts and stuff, and and they're always the questions: What is Overblood? It's a cool name. What does that mean? And so, you know, I always liked it. I thought it was unique, and I liked that the group kind of picked it you know I, you know it's kind of weird picking it yourself so i kind of just the, the fact that i threw it over there was a couple of fights where i let you, all the overblood group pick out my walkout music too and that got fun <laughs> um uh, there were some very interesting options there so um, i mean it's so <laughs> I mean, it's a wonderful group it's actually how i when i when i've had co-hosts before on this podcast and i actually have found all the people who were main co-hosts and a lot of the guests are all from overblood oh yeah it's an amazing group and and i you know i've I kind of lurked on the outside for a little while and was like, ah, should I join? Should I not? And then I finally pulled the trigger and did. And just, it was great. I'm kind of, I've never been, you know, super loud in the group. I'll pop in here and there, but you know, I'm always scrolling through the feeds and everything. And, you know, of course, like any group, it's got, it's, it's ups and it's downs. It's drama at times and oh, stuff, yeah. but oh, I love them all. And they've been, they've been super supportive, you know, of, of me and of my fight career. And, uh, and I always appreciated that. So, you know, they, they, they were great. Surprisingly- I, I love them all that a great group of people on Facebook considering that the internet is full of shit. So oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm in a bunch of group because of the podcast where I'm always trying to, you know, hawk my wares as I call, as I say, and yeah. it's one of the better places that's been very receptive. That's when I was starting off. Yeah, it really is. I mean, you know, I, I've in, in the past, I've been like, like you said, I've been a part of other groups and stuff like that. And, uh, but this one just has been, uh, it's been really good. You know, there, again, like I said, it's been there, a little bit of drama, but compared to some of the other stuff, you know, things like Reddit and stuff like that and, uh, and other Facebook groups. It's, you know, it's been surprisingly uh, wholesome. So, and you said, uh, how long have you had your, your, your current gym open? Uh, three years. We just relocated. We st- I started off with three students and, uh, we've, we're up to about 65, 70 ish. Nice. Are most and, of uh, your students, um, like under 18 or over 18? We have, we've got everybody. Um, okay. I do. We have our combat kangaroos class, which is age. That's kind of a kid's karate program. And that's ages three to six. So I work with them as young as three years old. And then, um, then we have our combat wombats, um, which is ages. <laughs> yeah, I know it, it was great. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yeah. For some reason, we, we, the, the wombats were the first class. And then we, then we added the kangaroos in. I don't know why we're, we're an Australian themed gym, but we, we, that just happened. Hey, there's nothing um, wrong with having a, you know, stick in a sense. I mean, it yeah, works. I work in marketing. Exactly now and part of like you know it's what you have to make yourself you know stand out if that's what works it works you know exactly but yeah our combat wombats are for ages 7 to 11 and then our combat karate is for ages 12 and up and then we have uh we have boxing kickboxing brazilian jiu-jitsu and those are all for the adults um i've got professional fighters that train out here uh, you know a few of them not like i don't have like eight or nine or anything like that i've got you know one or two professional fighters i've got that's impressive yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, I've got a handful of ambi- <laughs> a handful of amateur fighters, and then I've got, you know, soccer moms. I've got, you know, dads. I've got, you know, of course, all the kids. And I, you know, I work with them all. I love it. Okay, I didn't know you had a gym before we started talking. I mean, I, I knew you were a fighter, but that was all I knew about you before we had this conversation. Yeah, it was one so. of those. I, I I enjoy teaching. I always have being in martial arts and and with how into it I was. I mean, I started helping out like with, you know, helping my instructor with the kids classes when I was like 16 years old. And then I've taught here and there at some other gyms. Like I said, opened up one in 2008, kind of just to help with college. And then, but I always, I'm a very over analytical person. I I'm, I'm an overthinker. (laughs) Yeah. I just textbook overthinker. And 
my MMA career, I I had a tremendous amount of ability. I've trained with some of the best, I mean, Steve Waterboy Thompson and uh, Ryan Hall and Chris Weidman, some of these really great high level UFC fighters and was able to really work with them. And I mean, I was, you know, like one of the primary sparring partners for a couple of these guys and had a lot of potential, but my career wasn't super consistent just because I, I overthink when I get in the cage sometimes, you know, sometimes I'll do well. And then other times I'll just you know, when I should be letting my body take over and just reacting, I'm just, I'm sitting there trying to think my way to victory and that yeah, in, you're trying in to be fight. strategic. Yeah. And you can't do that in a fight. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I mean, cause everything is looks like, you know, split second decision-making. And, exactly. So, so yeah, I, I've, I've always enjoyed the fighting, but it's one of those that I just, I, I sometimes I got in my own way. I would go, you know, I'd win three in a row and then lose two and then, you know, win one and lose two and then win three and lose one. It was just, it was never consistent. I've fought, I think out of the, 12 professional fights I've had, nine of those guys have gone on to fight for the UFC or Bellator. Some of those guys I've beaten, some of those guys I've lost to. But teaching was always my love. And uh, I talked to my wife and I said, I really want to open up a gym whenever I retire. And she goes, when's that going to be? I said, I don't know. It might be two fights. It might be 20 fights. I don't know. And she goes, listen, why? Go ahead. I feel like that's part of like just fighting in general. Like you always, you don't know when your last one is going to be, depending on what happens to you in general. I mean, from what I've noticed from stuff that I follow. Oh yeah. Yeah. You, you really don't. It's just, you, you have to love it. And it, and once the love goes away, then it, you can't, if you can't commit a hundred percent to it, it's not worth doing it because you're going to get hurt. Plus I think teaching and, is probably better because you have that experience. You have that, you can say, Hey, I've done this. I've experienced it, but you're passing on your knowledge. And I mean, there's especially the fact that you're working with kids. I mean, there's nothing better than knowing that you're you know improving their life in some sort. Yeah. And then, I mean, and, and for me as an, as an overland, as a, as an overthinker, as somebody who likes to strategize being a coach, it works. Cause I can sit there and I can study and put a lot of thought into the camp for my, I can do the thinking for my fighter essentially and, and plan my camp around that. And then, uh, you know, and, and, and help them with the mental hangups. I had to learn very early on in my career that the brain is just as important to train as the body. As far as the mental components go, I, mm-hmm. I started seeing a sports psychologist when I was fighting. So, you know, we work on kind of mindfulness i really preach meditation to my fighters and just being in the moment and not letting your brain run away from you and and, you know don't don't overthink don't overanalyze just go in and react and you know try to help them overcome some of the issues that i had so it's it's been fun i enjoy this is this is it i mean this is this is the second chapter if you will as far as martial arts goes for me you know i i I don't really for i'm still competing i'm actually competing tomorrow in a jiu-jitsu tournament but as far as like professional mma i don't know if i see myself doing a whole bunch more of that is a Just jiu-jitsu it, tournament um, like uh, like MMA? Type? I mean, I know it's not MMA, but it means that that thing kind of like beat the shit out of each other, or is it more like point scoring? Um, for so for a jiu-jitsu tournament, it's pure grappling. It okay. is so it's so you both start up, you start, you stand up on your feet, you both um, kind of give each other a high five and a fist bump. Uh, that's how in Brazilian jiu-jitsu is slap and bump as opposed to the bow, and then okay. uh, and then you both get in your stances and it's kind of starts out as no strikes in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, no punches, no kicks. It's just wrestling initially. So you kind of, you wrestle, you try to take your opponent down to the ground and then you try to win via submission. So you're trying to make your partner tap and you try to make them tap with uh, some sort of a joint lock. So you're attacking the elbows, the wrists, the knees, the ankles, or a choke hold. So that's where you go for like an arm bar or you go for a rear naked choke or you go for a, you know, a shoulder lock. And then, you know, if, if once you start to attack that lock, if your opponent's had enough, they tap or say tap and then mat, you, that, the match is over. And then if the match goes the distance, they're usually about five minutes long, points are being accumulated as the match goes. So you get two points for a takedown. You might get two points for getting somebody's back or four points for the back or four points okay. for mount. Just it's, it's, it's all, it's very strategic, very positional. And, it's so much uh, less brutal than MMA. 
Yes. Yes. The, you know, the accidental headbutt could happen or something, but for the most part, the injuries that you're going to see in jujitsu are going to be somebody didn't tap when they should have, and they got their elbow maybe popped a little bit, you know, yeah. maybe fell wrong and dislocated something, but you're not going to have the impact of the punches and the kicks, you know, and, and again, kids do it. You know, there's, they have kids divisions at these type of tournaments. They're fun. They're, it's kind of an all day thing. Like, um, you know, you show up and there, there might be five people in your division. So you kind of do a little round robin thing and, you know, try to get to the end, try to see if you can get a, uh, gold, silver or bronze. So, I mean, I did, I did ATA, ATA Taekwondo tournaments, which is nothing like that. <laughs> it was just a point system where whoever got the first hit, you get the point essentially kind of like karate kid. Oh yeah. No, no, I've done those too, for sure. Like back in the <laughs> top of the Yeah. And those, it's, it's kind of like that in the sense of, you know, if you beat your first opponent, you go to the, you'll fight the next one and it's kind of, you know, shorter matches and you know, you'll might, you might have two or three matches in the day or whatever the case may be. But, um, but instead of all this, the punches and the kicks and the, it's all just the grappling. So rolling around on the ground, trying to go for chokes and, uh, arm locks and all that fun stuff. So, uh, yeah, this is, this is my, f- I've got a student competing tomorrow and then so I'll be coaching him and then I'll be competing in the, uh, one of the advanced divisions. Um, so yeah, that'll be fun. And what state are you out of? I'm in North Carolina. Um, I'm in Western North Carolina, kind of right on the border near South Carolina. I'm about uh, two, you know, hour and a half from Tennessee. We're, we're near the Asheville area. I'm personally in Hendersonville, North Carolina, but yeah, that's uh, so Southeast area. We, we fight a lot in South Carolina, Tennessee, uh, Georgia, sometimes we'll go up to Virginia. So right around that area. Okay. I know South Carolina a little, mostly I know Georgia. That's where my grandparents used to live at one point. So I know a little bit of that area, like Savannah, okay. Georgia. I was originally from Florida. Um, that's where I was born. So um, I've spent most of my life here in the Southeast. My parents were halfbacks. They, they were both from the North. They both, my dad was from Boston. My mom was from Rhode Island. And they moved to Florida, realized after 15 years it was too hot, and they moved halfway back. <laughs> so I can so, yeah, understand I most that. of my life in the South. Yeah. I hate the heat. <laughs> I happily live in Minnesota where it's nice and cold most of the time, and I'm content with that. Yeah, man, the heat. Florida was – I hated Florida. <laughs> Dude, it was so bad. Um, Florida, unfortunately. I mean, now that I hear stuff, I'm okay with not being there. But I, I've always wanted to visit Florida when I was younger. We, we went to yeah. Georgia, went to Savannah, Georgia, like, uh, Augusta, Georgia, but I never went all the way to Florida. Yeah. It's, it's hot. It's very hot. It's very humid. <laughs> Obviously, if you're at the beach, it's, it can be nice, but a lot of the beaches are super crowded. It's like America's Australia. Like, there's just a lot that can kill you down there. You know, you got the coral snakes and you got the different spiders and just there's, there's scorpions and just the gators. And... That's why. One memory that I have as a kid and we used to go, we used to go to, it was called Statesboro, Georgia. It was a small town and my, gran- my grandmother lived out there, you had a mile of, of just this one paved road after you drove through a few miles of dirt roads where their house was. And I remember one summer we were walking and we're walking down this trail and in the back, in the background on both sides, you could just hear nothing but rattlers everywhere. Just tons oh. and tons of rattles. Like if you wouldn't that woods, I don't think you wouldn't have came out. Of <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm like, you know what? I'll stay in the North. I, I live in Wisconsin. I'm like, I'll stay where nothing's going to kill me. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And I've always liked the cold more. I think it may, I guess I don't know if I've just got that northern blood because my parents were from New England. Like when I was a kid, I wanted to be a professional ice hockey player. Like that's what I wanted. I wanted to be a goalie for the Anaheim Ducks, you know. And but so I was I always wanted to move to like Minnesota or, you know, you know, Wisconsin or, you know, something like that. And uh, but ended up about halfway back. And I like it. it's pretty around this area. Um, it's It's got a mixture. We've got seasons, which is nice. So. Is nice. Um, so, yeah, I, I enjoy places it. Don't have that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and anyone ever, I wanted to ask earlier, but I forgot to, did anyone ever comment about the Overblood name, like knowing where it's from that you ran into professionally? I was, I, 
I about, oh, this was about two years ago. I was in a car accident. Somebody was drunk and they, I, I had a green light and they turned in front of me in the intersection and I T-boned the guy and uh, totaled my truck. And when I was uh, working with the insurance agent, he was asking for my email address. Overblood is in the name of my email address. And because it was my, it was my fighter email address. So I, I just had basically had my full fight name in there. And uh, the guy gets kind of quiet and he goes, Overblood. I said, yeah. He goes, that's a video game. Right? <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh. I said, yeah, it, it is. And he's going, yeah. He goes, uh, Game Informer did the, the Super Replay. <laughs> I don't think he was a member of the group, but he had seen the Super Replay in full. And he's going, wow. He goes, I didn't think anybody watched that. He goes, <laughs> okay, yeah. so he part of the group. <laughs> so yeah, he knew. He, he, was a, he was a Game Informer fan and he knew of the, of the Super Replay. So... <laughs> I mean, I can see how it like, you know, perverse. I mean, it was a big thing when they did it. I mean, the fact I remember I had first found those replays just kind of by accident and I used to watch them. I don't watch them. I, I, I fell off all that stuff, but I remember so that's that funny as hell. Actually, someone not being part of the group. That's really funny. Yeah. And because I, I told the group, like, I think the next day I met, I was like, hey, my insurance adjuster or whatever was he, he, he had, you know, knew the, of the, the replay and, uh, but everyone in the group, you need to, you need to find out who he is. You need to tell him to join the group. <laughs> you know how they are. <laughs> yeah, so, well, they're insane. But no, I was kind of the same way. I, I found it. I found all the super, all the replays and super replays. Like back, I, I started reading the magazines back in like 08. I remember I, would, I had my first martial arts school that I owned. I, I would put the magazines in the gym for the kids to read. And I loved the little blurbs in the back of the magazines by all the different authors. And like, they were like, what are they playing this month? And like, what? You know, what are their likes and dislikes of, you know, uh, and they just like every editor had these this little like little blurb in the back of the magazine. And then I went to the website and found all the replays. And that I mean, that got me through college, <laughs> just listening to those while I was doing homework assignments and stuff like that. And then uh, I, you know, I still will pop in occasionally and watch some of them. I've kind of like you like you have kind of gotten off of the replays a little bit. But um, but yeah, I enjoyed the heck out of it, man. And they're still good. I just. I, I moved on, I guess. Yeah, yeah same. Yeah. I, you know, just different, different media and stuff like that. I like uh, them at one time, but I like my, I like my videos where people have more know what they're doing. Like speed runs. No, for sure. Yeah. That's I watch my, uh, my wife and I are really into horror and movies and video games. And, um, so I, I watch a lot of like Markiplier does some horror stuff, but he's okay. But I like like CJU. There's a, there's a YouTuber that does a lot of, he just horror. That's all he does is a lot of uh, indie horror games. And you find a lot of gems from his page, like stuff that's on steam and stuff like that. Small indie developers um, that actually create these amazing horror games, um, you know, whether it be point and click side scrollers or, or even, you know, a little bit larger ones. But so I watch a lot of those type him, Mr. Craven, stuff like that. So, okay. I mean, there's so much stuff. out. I wasn't a PC gamer until recently. Yeah. And I didn't realize how much stuff is. I love Steam now. I don't play half the stuff I buy, but I just love Steam. <laughs> oh, it's amazing. It's amazing. Like my wife, um, I was kind of the same way that I was. I was always more of just a console guy. My wife recently has really gotten into Steam and, and PC gaming. I still probably more. Yeah, I, I personally still gravitate towards the consoles just because mainly because she's on the PC and <laughs> I don't want to I, I don't want to have to ask her. Like, can I use this? Like, I was like, you know what? I got my PlayStation. I can just keep, I can keep using the PlayStation. <laughs> but, um, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, I, I love video games. That's, that's, that's my, that's my stress relief. You know, I get home from the gym, just winding down and just relaxing, playing some video games. And, hey, it um, helps. it's my I mean, games Yeah. Have got me through the toughest points in my life. And 
the worst part of my the worst parts of my life. I wouldn't I didn't play games. I couldn't focus, and that's why I know now if that ever happened. Like, oh, you need to get things figured out real fast. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> oh, and uh, one question I did want to ask you is, what did your family think when you got into MMA fighting? I know your your dad was coaching you, so he probably didn't have any <laughs> any issues with it. But like, how did your your mother feel about it? Um, everyone was a little different. My, my I came from a very supportive family. Obviously, there was fear, you know, like, yeah, it's a it's a pretty safe sport nowadays. You're you're not seeing, you know, it's very rare to see like a death in MMA. There's there's where like there's probably one at least one death a year in boxing, whereas MMA, it's kind of rare to see a death. Now, there's some pretty gruesome injuries. You see, like, you know, Chris Weidman threw a kick and they clash shin bones and his shin bones split in half just a few Mm -hmm. months ago. And so there's some gruesome injuries that can occur. Uh, So there's the fear of, of that. But. You know, I, I think I was always, I was very, I was pretty talented. So my, my family kind of trusted my abilities. Again, my dad was very supportive. My mom didn't really like to go to my fights. She would let, she would watch the fight after the fact. So they would buy the pay-per-view <laughs> okay. and then like my dad would call like, okay, he won. And she would like, okay, now I'll go watch it. Um, makes sense, and then if I lost, she'd be like, okay, how badly did he lose? And he, He'd be like, well, it was like, it was a decision. It was like a war. He didn't get like really badly. He didn't get knocked out or anything. She's like, okay, I can watch that. So my wife, my wife was very much just a lot of people. That's a question that she gets asked a lot is like, how do you feel about your husband doing this? She goes, it's, it's, I support him with whatever he wants to do. And when I cut, you know, people like, but what about all the, like like the cuts that he gets? Because I, you know, I've had, you know, my forehead split open from an elbow and, you know, I've had my eyes swollen. She's my orbital fracture. And then what about all that? And she goes, it's his choice. She goes, if he doesn't want to get cut, he doesn't have to fight. So, um, <laughs> I like I re- that. <laughs> yeah, I remember one time I came home, I was fighting and, uh, I came home that night and my eye was completely swollen shut and my face was all blacked up. And, uh, I walked in the door and uh, she knew, she knew I had lost the fight. And cause I text her and I said, yeah, I lost the fight. I'm on my way home. So I walked in the door and she walks over and she just looked, take, she took one look at me, just kind of an, uh, she up and down and she just went, Oh, sweetie. And then she walked over to the fridge and got me a bag of peas. And it was just, she just was like, you poor thing. She goes, come on over here. You know, it was just, she was like, oh my gosh, I'm saying she just, she was like, oh, you poor thing. All right, sit down. I'll, I'll turn the PlayStation on for you. <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. again, any, any great relationship is when people are able to connect in a way and you're support each other. Yeah. But yeah. So she's been amazing. It's, it's been, it's, it was really easy. Cause you know, I, I know fighters personally whose significant others really struggle with it. Um, and, 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 and sometimes don't even know, you know, I, I've, I've met some people that their significant others don't mind that they fight, but like after a loss, they just don't know how to react. Cause like they, they feel really bad for them, of course, and they don't know what to say or do or, and my wife was always really good. She would always ask me, you know, after the fight, she would kind of, you know, sit down with me. She go, are you okay? Like mentally, like, are you, are you depressed? Are you, and I never, I never cared. Like losses didn't really bother me a whole bunch. You know, I, I won a lot of fights. I lost some fights and you know, some guys lose a fight and they go back in the locker room and they're throwing chairs. Other guys are crying. It's, it's a very emotional sport, but for me, the fight's over. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't no one's going to hit me anymore. So I'm cool. I can go, well, you I can get, go home and just chill. The, the release is done. Way too, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm yeah. get more for a win, but you, you, you do get more for a win. Uh, the way they work it in MMA is you get a show fee and then you get a win bonus. So you get X amount of dollars. You get, you get a guaranteed fee for stepping on the scale basically. Okay. And then if you win, you get a win bonus on top of that. Now you can negotiate. Like I can, I could just negotiate a flat fee if I want, but a lot of times from MMA promoters, that's more of a boxing thing. Boxing does more okay. of the flat fees, but, uh, but yeah, you get paid either way. Obviously I don't like losing. Um, no, you I mean, know, I'd, I'd, I'd much rather walk away with the win, but it's one of those, I'm not going to whine about it. You know, I've always, you know, I think, 
I, I've had 22 fights and there's only one dude uh, that I kind of had beef with after the fight, just kind of, just the way that he acted. I, most of my opponents, I'm really good friends with. I friend him on Facebook. Um, I fought one dude named Caleb Trumbull and we beat the hell out of each other for three rounds. And as soon as the fight was over, I, he, we, were, we were both on the ground and we both sat up and I grabbed him by the back of the head. He grabbed me by the back of my head and we put our foreheads together. And we just started talking and um, <laughs> we're ju- we were just like, and the, the, like the referee comes in and he's like, all right, I got to check you guys for like injuries and cuts. And we're like, just walk away. Listen, we're, we're, we're sitting here. We're talking, you know, like, <laughs> it's like, listen, I'll buy you a pizza afterwards. And, and we're friends on Facebook. We talk all the time and he's really That's into cool. like Marvel and he's, he's obsessed with all the Marvel comics and all the movies and everything so we're always nerding out about different things so yeah i've, I've made some really good friends and guys that i've in the guys that i fought there's, when you fight somebody in mma it, there's it's weird i can't describe it it's there's a certain amount of respect and camaraderie and bro, like ugh, i don't know it sounds so cheesy but this kind of weird brotherhood that you get after the fight's over because like it, i i don't have any animosity towards my opponent even during the fight i don't want to hurt them it's just the job this is we're just here we're, we're performing yeah, our I mean, job you're- Doing a job you get paid for, essentially. Yeah, and once the fight's over, it's like the fact that I have so much respect for anyone that steps in the cage. Doesn't matter who you are. I, you know, uh, I have a tremendous amount of respect for you. And uh, so after the fight's over, there's just a certain level of camaraderie that you have after that fight. And it's it's like you've both been through the war, and now it's over. And just you know, again, I've made quite a few lifelong friends just from. And there've been dudes that we've that have been punched in the face. So, (laughs) I mean, I can I can get it though. Like you're there. I mean. You're both like, I, I feel like maybe it's that way with all of these type of martial arts sports. I don't know, but I mean, with MMA, I, I can see it more because you are art training in martial arts. You're more in that world where it teaches you respect and, and that. So it's a different thing than you know, even you look at like some of the old like stuff with Japan, like when they used to go to war with each other. I mean, they would kill each other, but they were still like they respected each other. I mean, that's a whole different level. But. Yeah, I mean, I even I, I remember reading guys like, there's a blurb about like World War Two. And I remember during Christmas time in the trenches, like the both sides, the Axis powers and the Allied powers both came out of the trenches mm-hmm. and they met in the middle and they played soccer during the holidays and just just for forgot yeah. about the war just for, One for a couple of days. And. And, oh, and then, and then went right back to it. And, and, and it's kind of the same thing in MMA. Like there's a lot of fighters like, Oh, I could never fight one of my teammates. And, and, uh, I, I, obviously I don't want to fight a teammate, but if all of a sudden a promoter called me, he's like, I want you to fight one of your teammates. I'd be like, Oh, okay. You know, <laughs> uh, you know, I'll, you know, I, I love this individual death. He's like a brother to me, but we'll get in there. I mean, we spar every day We're, we literally punch each other in the face every day. And so let's just, let's do it for a couple of bucks and then have a pizza afterwards. Like it's not a big deal. I got a couple questions for you to finish up. Um, what are your future plans? Mainly just because we kind of went over it, but I'm assuming you just keep training and doing fights. Yeah, the the gym is my prime is my focus. You know, as far as the fighting goes, I kind of honestly not from competition period, but like MMA. I actually I retired after my last one. Okay. Not and, and it's one of the, I'm only 31, so I you know I, <laughs> I I I very well could get that itch and and come out or I, I retired vocally in the cage mainly to keep promoters from contacting me i i I want to fight on my own terms and when i I don't want the temptation of a promoter hitting me up going hey man i got a really cool matchup for you and i'm like oh man i've been focusing on my gym i haven't been in any sort of training camp i don't want that temptation so i'm not saying i'll never do an mma fight again but i did kind of retire after my last one but like i said i might reevaluate things here in a year or two once my gym you know uh, is kind of self-sustaining because i i teach most everything. I teach all the kids' classes. I teach most of the adult classes. 
I have a few assistant instructors that kind of help me out like uh, in a volunteer basis. And I really want to get my gym to the point where I can actually pay them to instruct. And then once, once that happens, I'll have a little bit more freedom to kind of assess if I want to do more fighting, but that, but my gym is my focus. And I'm just, I'm focusing on building it. We just relocated to a larger facility, uh, which is great. We're building up our, our, uh, our student base. We've got, you know, lots of tournaments. I've, like I said, we're, I've got, you know, we're competing tomorrow. I've got another guy competing in two weeks. I've got somebody else competing in November. Uh, we just got back from Raleigh last weekend because I had one of my female grapplers was competing in a big tournament over in Raleigh. So yeah, the gym is, is really my primary focus. Uh, the fighting is kind of, if I get the itch, I'll do it. But uh, okay. this is it. The gym is my, uh, the gym is, this is my baby. So <laughs> I mean, that's like, hey, any, only any small business, like I can, I completely understand. Yeah, I sort of have a business at my podcast, but it's not, it doesn't cost me much. But I kind of understand what you mean, though. Like, yeah, when, when, yeah. no, it's 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 important. You know, it's it's you know, you're you're building something from the ground up. You're putting time and effort and energy into it. It may not cost you much in terms of like overhead, but still, the time that you're putting in. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, I, I put every weekend goes into this podcast. Every yeah. day that I'm not at work, if I can, whenever I can, smuggle time yep. goes to this podcast. So I completely <laughs> understand. They don't pay me. <laughs> I love it. So, all right. And then um, two questions I want to finish up with. Have you ever played Overblood? I really want to. I, I do want <laughs> to play Overblood. I, I have, I haven't, I, every time I go by like a mom and pop's place, I will look and I'll kind of scour and see if I can find <laughs> it. I, I, I haven't like gone out of my way to try to find it on eBay or something like that. I've watched the replay, I think three times. It's, it, it's, it's enjoyable. Uh, I watched it twice because I just found it hilarious. Um, and then I, I showed it to my wife one time and, uh, I, I had to, I had to, if I had to suffer through it, she had to suffer through it. So, yeah, so I, I'd love to play it at some point, but, uh, but I haven't up to this point. Okay. It's bad by the way. Oh, it's I, really oh, oh I, I can imagine. And then of course you've got Overblood too, which is a whole other gem. Um, I have never played it, but I actually have gotten the guy who wrote the, one of the, who has a whole website dedicated to Overblood too, is actually okay. part of the group yeah. because of me. Oh, really? Overblood2.com, yes. I had ran into him because he found the Overblood episode that we did for our one-year anniversary, and he got in touch with me, and I'm like, well, join this group. And yeah, he's part of the group. That's awesome. <laughs> <Because> <laughs> That's great. Of, that was pretty funny, yeah. Name well, and I remember, like, when, when they first did that Super Replay, I remember, like, they said the sales of Overblood on, like, Amazon or something suddenly just spiked out of nowhere. After, like, however many years of the game, just mm-hmm. nobody knowing this thing even existed, all of a sudden the sales went up, like, 100% or something. <laughs> it's crazy. I mean, they are pretty famous, you know, just the fact that, you know, in, in that world of video games and stuff, like they're pretty well, they're pretty well known in Game Farmer. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's been so cool. Just, I mean, it's just following all of their journeys, you know, whether it be Dan Reichert and, you know, watching him, you know, move over to uh, Giant he, Bomb and stuff like that. Does he work in wrestling now, too? <sighs> yeah, I think for a while. I don't know if he still is. I know for a while that he was doing something in the professional wrestling. Yeah, he was doing arena. a podcast. <laughs> Yeah, he's got all kinds of stuff going on. He's <laughs> didn't he get married in a Taco Bell? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. He's someone I would love to, to talk to someday. Never oh, tried. Absolutely. I'm not big enough <laughs> to approach certain people, but someday I want to talk to him. <laughs> <laughs> and the last question that I want to ask you is again, people out there will get the joke. Does people give you strength? <laughs> people always gives me strength. People always gives me strength. <laughs> For those There's that been, don't know. People is a little robot from the Overblood game for PlayStation One that follows you around and became a, a huge inside joke in the Facebook group that we're part of and the whole replay that Game Informer did. And 
I have an ornament of people on, on my freaking Christmas tree every year now because someone from Old <laughs> sent it to us. Like, it's, it's awesome, man. The, the, honestly, just just the group in general, the amount of inside jokes that I would use like for fights and just say these random things and like. I'd win a fight and say, like, uh, I don't know if you remember Dan Tack when there was the whole do the math when that whole (laughs) kind of I don't know if you want to call it a meme or what. But there was this do the math thing that was going around on the Overblood group. And it it lasted like a month or two. And everyone like I had a fight coming up and everyone's like, are you going to do the math? Nick's going to do the math. (laughs) <laughs> and then after I won the fight, the, they're interviewing me. They said, how did you manage to get through this fight? And I just looked at the interviews. I did the math. And they're looking at me like, what does that mean? And I just does like, it means what it means. I did the math. People gives me strength. Bye. And there's just a white, like, what is he talking about? <laughs> I just, I love screwing with interviewers. It was great. <laughs> and that comes with the territory though, when you're doing that professional, like, you're, you're a professional interviewer. Like, I mean, you work for those publications. Like, I mean, you should be used to it. I'm assuming. Oh, absolutely. And, and, you know, they, they loved it. Like, you know, they would always like, as soon as the interview was, they come up to me afterwards. They're like, man, that was kind of cool. And they, there was, you know, I, I tried to build up a little bit of a mystique. I wasn't really into the whole, like creating like a character for myself, but I just enjoyed, I more enjoyed like putting little things out there for anybody from the group who did happen to see a fight, you know, if they, whether they looked on YouTube and, you know, watch one of my fights or if they came to one in person or watched a pay-per-view, just put little, you know, little, little Easter eggs in there, essentially. <laughs> It's funny though. I I think do the math is from the Soul Blazer episode. Somebody said once. I don't know if that's right. I think I was so. Talking about Soul Blazer, and someone said, "Oh, were you like Dan Tack and did the math?" And I'm like, and it makes sense because they're you know how much damage you can do, how much damage you take, and I mean, so I, yes. I in that game. But yeah, that is. I never. I I stopped watching replay, but then I I once Dan Reichert left, I fell off because I like Dan Reichert and Tim Turry, and it's the way they were, and it wasn't for me when they were gone. Yeah. And that I was kind of the same way after Tim left. I think that was when it really did it for me. Cause I, I loved Tim. He was so, he was, he was so fun to listen to. Uh, even what was it from? Oh, I forget the name of that one game. He was the, uh, old timey radio, that little waka waka doodly doo. That was great. I can't, uh, sure. I, I can't remember the game. It was, it was some, uh, you had like superpowers. Uh, you were some, it was, oh, I, it's going to, uh, it's going to kill me that I can't remember. I fell the name off of a long time ago. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. I never even watched all the Overblood replay. So. Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> I just never got around to finishing. I watched like most of it. Then I fell off and started to do. I found out. I found out about streaming online and that's what took me off. Game no, for sure. Like, it wasn't Netflix. It was before Netflix. I was using like, I think just a website that had lost on like, so ABC.com or something like that. And once I found out I could do that, that became my thing. And then I stopped watching yeah. all the videos. Yeah. No, like I said, you know, hey, I, I've fallen off too since then. But yeah, it was uh, it was definitely a big part uh, for me, you know, like I said, all through college and everything. And uh, and again, I always just stuck around the group. Just, you know, again, they were fun to just <laughs> just hang out with and just to just sometimes even just sit on the outside and just watch everything happen. So <laughs> they're, they're surprisingly very amusing people. They are. <laughs> they really are. I mean, I've been there for a long time, too, and it's it's helped me out a lot for my shows. <laughs> Well, just some of the characters in there. I mean, there's so many guys that, you know, you know, Zachary, like his, him and his, and all the, you know, the, the long distance running and stuff that he does and just kind of following, you oh, know, that, his career and everything. And then, um, uh, even, you know, Chris, I remember there was Chris, uh, Christopher, and he used to do, he used to have, I think it was the official Overblood, like YouTube channel, like the Overblood group. He did like a little <laughs> YouTube channel for the group. And I remember I was like, so like blown away because he he like one of his episodes he like uh by the way our 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 fighter nick martino he won a title this week and i was like oh no way he put me in the, in the video that's so cool 
So yeah, I've loved it. I've loved uh, being a member of the group. It's been fun. Oh, and do you have a website where people could find you or look up your gym? So my website is Combat Performance HVL. Uh, it's, it stands for Hendersonville hvl.com if you google combat performance uh hendersonville uh you could find it we're on facebook at combat performance we got an instagram i think we have a tiktok i don't run the tiktok and then uh if you look up if you want to look any of my stuff up i'm uh nick overblood martino or overblood mma i'm on uh instagram i'm on facebook i have a twitter i don't i don't do anything on twitter but uh but yeah we're uh yeah if anyone uh, wants to check us out We've got uh, we got a YouTube page for our combat performance channel. We're trying to build that up. Actually, over the past probably two months, we've been trying to build up content on our YouTube page, um, whether it be little you know instructionals, little technique Tuesdays, and stuff like that. Um, you know, we so we had to get creative when when COVID first hit with uh, the way we were getting yeah. out to our students because you know we had to. I, there was a bit of a I needed a new clean pair of shorts after COVID started because I had a moment of, oh, I'm going to lose my gym. This isn't good. <laughs> no, I don't blame you one bit. Like that must, I didn't even think about asking you that question, but yeah, that must have been, you know, I, I can't imagine me a small business owner, especially one that where you need people to be together when everything was shutting down. Yeah, it was terrifying because we had only been open for about a year and we were really starting to hit our stride. Like it was December and normally martial arts kind of tanks in the wintertime because no one wants to go out and do anything, but we were picking up steam and then all of a sudden COVID hit out of nowhere. And, uh, we got very fortunate in a lot of different areas. We started doing a lot of Facebook lives and I, there was even a couple of members of the overblood group who dropped in during our Facebook lives. And like, so you know what? I'm going to take karate uh, tonight. And so we were doing like a bunch of like kickboxing classes. I would go into the gym by myself. I'd set up my phone and I would just Facebook live classes. And um, it, it really all in a way helped us because it, it really started to get our name out there. And then once we were able our County opened back up before a lot of the other counties did, and, you know, we, we still took all precautions and made sure we were, you know, uh, keeping classes limited to a certain size. And like I, I told all my students, I said, listen, I don't care if there's a pandemic or not. If you're sick, don't come in. Like this is a yeah. close quarter. You know, we're, do, we're on we're rolling on top of each other. Yeah, if, you have, gonna... if you have allergies for crying out loud, I don't want you rolling on top of me. If you're sick, don't come in. But uh, we survived it. And uh, but it was definitely scary. But um, I think it was a good experience for us to go through because we really had to get creative with our content, with our marketing. But yeah, I mean, we didn't, we didn't go into this. We opened this business. My wife and I took most of our savings. We didn't have any investors. We didn't do any, we didn't have any small business loans. We really took a gamble. And, and so it's, it's getting there. Um, You know, we're, we're still growing and, you know, hoping to take the Southeast by storm. So. Hey, you're living your dream though. You know, like that's something that I always give people, like give people credit for. Like you can make that work. That's always something else. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And there will be a link in the show notes to your website and whatever you send me will be in the show notes. Okay. <laughs> so it'll be awesome. down there for people to see. Fantastic. And if you enjoyed this, check him out. And if you live in Henderson or is it Henderson or Hendersonville? Uh, Hendersonville. Yep. Hendersonville, North Carolina. Look him up. I'm nowhere yeah, near North Carolina. Near, but. I think, I think there's a few over, over buddies in the area. If, uh, but yeah, even, uh, even if you're not an over buddy, come on in, check me out. If you're in the Hendersonville, Asheville area, come check out combat performance. Um, we do it all. So it's, it's hey, fun. We, had, we have a good time. I checked this month. We had 57 downloads from North Carolina. So, Hey, there's possible somebody from Hendersonville. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> or somewhere in the area. So definitely go check him out. And if you enjoyed this episode, we have over 250 other episodes of different things. Definitely check those out. We have a few interviews. I do games. I do comics. I do movies. I review pilots of TV shows. So definitely go check out all our things that we do in our catalog. If you can't find everything, check out Podbean. Podbean will have the most, current up to date or have all the episodes because 
Spotify, iTunes only go back 100. And when you post as much as I do, it, you don't get everything in there. So check that out. And want to give a shout out to our awesome intro and outro, courtesy of Bobby, a.k.a. Mike Stoney from ZP Bite the Bullet. Song to Cool Kid Squad. You will see a link in the show notes to his YouTube channel. Also want to give a shout out to my buddy Bill Tucker, who does the who did the MCU with me and guests on the show from time to time. Uh, you can check out his podcast. He started a gamer looks at 40 where he talks about gaming and interviews a lot of different people and gets their point of view on gaming. So much, much different than this type of show, but definitely go check him out. And please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and on YouTube. We are on YouTube. Only audio, but we're there. And if you want to help out the show, you can go find our Patreon in the, in the show notes. And it's for little as a dollar, you can vote in the Patreon poll. I don't know what it is at this time, but go vote in it. There's one every month. So definitely go check that out. And I want to thank Nick for taking time off to join me tonight. Oh, thank you for having me. This was a blast. And we will see you next time. Bye, everybody. Thank you.